If you're planning to expand your flock this year, it's definitely time to order, and we highly recommend My Pet Chicken because they have so much to offer. You can order day-old chicks and waterfowl, chicken supplies, hatching eggs, and there's a wealth of information on their website. You can mix and match all the breeds with no per-breed minimum. The possibilities and combinations are just about endless. So go to mypetchicken.com slash drinkandfarm to put in your chick, duckling, or gosling order. That link lets them know that we sent you, and it's a great way to support our podcast as well as fulfill all of your poultry addiction needs. Hey there, Sam. Oh, hey there, Bev. What you drinking today? I blocked the label with my hand while I was pouring, <laughs> so I can't tell you. <laughs> okay. It is an Abita strawberry lager. Ooh, strawberry. Yes. The strawberries are officially gone from our garden for the season. Oh. And I'm sad about that, but that's okay. They'll be back next spring. Did you eat them all or did you like make some jam? Yes, we made freezer jam. Actually, Jared made freezer jam. (laughs) And I used a lot in kombucha because I've been making a lot of strawberry lemonade kombucha. And we just sliced and ate a ton. I would just go out there and like eat them by the handfuls. Um, The slugs got several, but that's okay. I can share. Uh, It was a pretty decent (laughs) strawberry season. Next year is going to be even better because this was their third year. Next year will be their fourth. So now the plants will be like covered. So what are you drinking over there? So I'm drinking a Bev's favorite drink. Mm. And it's not coffee Kolsch. And there is a hint of sarcasm in here. (laughs) Uh, So it is a natural light Natterdays. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Strawberry lime. And uh, yeah, or strawberry lemonade, excuse me, basically combined with drinking beer. And I think, Bev, you accidentally drank a lot of those one night last summer, was it? (laughs) Yes, it was last spring. It's been over a year. And that was officially the last time Bev was really drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So whenever I'd see these and I didn't try one until I think it was like after my grandpa's funeral, which is kind of odd. Um, But it it always makes me think of you when I see it because of your experience. (laughs) I'm I'm glad to know that there's just hidden gems all over the place Mm -hmm. for you to think of me. (laughs) Yes, there truly are. And welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things, the mini-sode. Yes, and in today's mini-sode, we have all kinds of stuff from you guys. We got stuff in our Facebook group. We have a voicemail. We got emails. We got Facebook messages. Like, you guys, like, brought it, and we want more of that because we want to bring it here and talk about it with you. So... We're super excited to share with you today, and a special thank you to our drink sponsor, Elizabeth Steves. We also appreciate you. Yes. Cheers, lady. Cheers. 
But before we get started, we will have to discuss our favorite time of the month. And it, it, uh, yes. it came kind of late this month. Um, <laughs> it did. I was getting a little concerned. <laughs> <laughs> and we're talking about our honey and rue corner, of course. Get your heads out of the gutter, people. Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So we got our June boxes for Henny yes. and Rue. So what was your favorite thing that you found in the June box? So I actually really loved the coop cleaning mask uh, mm. because it's adorable. And it's made out of like this heavy kind of like burlapy canvas type of material. So it's not like crazy flimsy. And I just I loved the little print on it. And it also fits a little differently than all of the other masks that I have. So I really liked it. I thought it was going to be useful. And in fact, it was funny. My husband picked it up out of the box and was like, oh, this looks really small. This is not going to fit you. I'm like, put it on your face. And he put it on and it fits him too. So looks were deceiving on that mask. But I like the shape of it. Like it's just, it's shaped really appropriately for your nose and your chin and stuff. So it's going to be super useful. For sure. What was your favorite thing out of the box? So I would have to say it's the Strong Animals Chicken Essentials Flock Fixer. Because who doesn't like to get stuff like that in the box? It's just a good way to, like, build up your first aid kit. Um, And this product is a vitamin-rich additive that helps hydrate, restores vital nutrients, and helps support immunity in chickens. So I was glad to get that um, because I'm I'm running kind of low on those things right now. Yeah, I always am too, especially now that I have two coops to like keep stocked up on things. (laughs) Uh (laughs) So we also got the book Chicken Wisdom by Melissa Coffey. And the book is super cute. It's got these really nice photographs of chickens and eggs and backyard coop type of things. Um, And it's got some uh, inspirational type of quotes uh, on the prints. And the book is kind of cool because you can rip the pages out. And there's a frame in there for them. So you can like frame a page and I don't know, put it on your desk or put it on the wall. So if you need a little inspiration, you can, you know, swap out what you need for the day. So it's kind of neat. Yeah. We also got Hentastic Treats Peck and Mix Herb Surprise. And it's a two pound bag of healthy goodies for our flocks. Also a great addition to all the things for my chickens right now. I never have enough treats. Oh my gosh, those guys, they're such little beggars. Yes. And we got a bag of Epsom salts with lavender. I'm not going to lie, I'm probably going to use that for myself. Um. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we also got Chicken Whisperer magazine. Always good to have some extra reading material laying around. And... Uh, we got some saline solution and a syringe. Um, that stuff is like essential in your first mm-hmm. aid kit. You would not believe what I find myself using saline for. <laughs> I usually end up having to use it to like wash out eyes or wounds, you know, like at the mm-hmm. dirt or like gunk or something out of it. Um, and I like the big giant uh, syringe that it came with because I feel like I can't have too many of those. I need them all the time. Same. And last but not least, it comes in every box, the nesting box liner um, to use in your chicken coop. I always love that. Such a good touch. Yes. 
And if you're interested in getting your very own Honey and Rue box, you can go to honeyandrue.com and use code DRINKANDFARM at checkout to get 10% off your first box. All right, now we can dive into some can't evens. Yes. Do you want to get us started? Sure. So this first can't even was posted in our group by Katie Montgomery. And she says, I can't even with this badass little chick. And it's a post in a backyard chicken group. Um, and it says, this is the saga of Nemo, now named the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, which is a Netflix TV show. I've seen it. I know or that just one. Kimmy. Yeah, I've seen, I think, the first season. I haven't watched all of it, but it's pretty funny. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I was prepping to set the eggs in the incubator and I slipped my grip and this egg smacked another and cracked. I was so mad at myself. This egg came to me from another breeder out of state. Oh, uh, not only are they expensive, but the dang thing survived the post office only to be cracked in my care. I put wood glue on the cr- cratered crack and wished it luck. She lived. She grew. I was so happy to learn she'd made it to lockdown. I carefully set her up in her own section because I wanted to know when this little chick is and not have her get lost amongst her hatchmates. My incubator had an arm that hangs down. It's the automatic egg turner. I set the lid down, not realizing Nemo was underneath this arm, and I crushed her. I crushed her again. No. To say I was devastated is an understatement. I was so sad and angry with my carelessness. There is nothing else I could do. I moved her out from under the arm and the egg shook. She was alive, but all I could do was close the lid and hope. I went to bed feeling sick to my stomach. I dreamed about her. She hatched and was beautiful, alive, and healthy. I woke up to pips and other eggs, but nothing from Nemo. I had to go to work for the day and wished them luck. I knew Nemo would likely need help to get out of the mess of an egg I created. I was not wrong. That night, I peeled away some of the cracks and chips. She was alive and breathing, but her membrane was getting dry and hard. I pierced the membrane so she could get better air and put her back. The next morning, I worked on her eggs some more carefully, pulling back more eggshell and membrane, being careful not to go too far and risk causing her to bleed out, and then put her back in the rest. Several hours later, I gave her a final assist, helping her in some spots she was stuck to the membrane and put her back to finish on her own. She did it. She hatched. She freaking hatched. The unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt hashtag Swedish flower hen. And she is adorable. If you can go look at the she series is. of pictures of what this little chickaroo has been through, you'll be amazed. Yes. All right. So what else do we got this week, Bev? So we have something from Sharon Smith. She posted this in our Facebook group. And this, she just says, I can't even. (laughs) (laughs) So there I was on a trail and noticed I needed to tie up a boot. I sat on this dead log, bent over to lace it up, and saw this right underneath me. So what this is, is it's a log, and it looks like five troll toes are sticking out of the (laughs) bottom of it. it does. I don't know how else to describe this. (laughs) So the original poster said, pretty sure I let out a fear fart as I screamed and jumped (laughs) off in two and a half seconds flat. Seriously, though, I thought I was now a person who discovered a dead body or body part. 
So then my toddler side in me got curious and I poked it. <laughs> and I saw that it's hooked into a stem that goes into the ground. So I whipped out my handy dandy Google friend and typed in foot plant mushroom. And there it was. Dead man's finger toes fungi. The end. <laughs> and I love it. They actually put on the bottom of this that it was okay to totally share this um, because they wanted to increase awareness of this. They thought it could possibly save the underwear of a hiker who didn't think to bring a spare pair or toilet paper. <laughs> and oh my gosh, the picture is just terrifying. Like it, it totally looks like a troll foot. Like with the black rotted fingernails and everything it's super super freaky it's so gross it's like zombie dead yeah i mean i'm i'm pretty sure that i commented on that and was like yeah i would have just never stopped screaming (laughs) (laughs) yeah for sure and we also got an email from uh, Janet Us, and the title of the email, or I should say the subject line, is Bev's Unknown Twin. What? The email reads, hi, I am new to your show, having come over from a farmish kind of life. Thank you. Hi, welcome. I didn't know how badly I needed your humor until I started listening, so thank you. It's very weird, though, that Bev sounds exactly, and I mean exactly, down to the mannerisms and laugh and everything, like one of the hosts of Love to Sew podcast, and that's S-E-W, not (laughs) (laughs) S-O-W. I can't remember if it's Helen or Caroline, but if you listen, you can probably figure it out. I didn't know if anybody else had ever pointed that out to you. If not, perhaps that can be my can't-even contribution for the month. Keep up the great work, Janet, who farms pigs and chickens in a big garden on 7.5 acres in northwest Montana. Yes. So we actually downloaded and listened to the beginning of one of these episodes together because we were like, what? What? (laughs) (laughs) Their theme song is super cute. It's a super cute podcast. Um, But it was funny while I was listening to it. I didn't think that it sounded like me, but like, you know, it's also my voice. So I don't know what yeah. I sound like to other people. Uh, but my guess is, is that they're from California and that's why we have the same mannerisms. That's my uh, guess. Yeah. Yes. I could see that. Yeah. Cause I mean, I'll admit, like, uh, the things that I say and the way that I think say things is <laughs> definitely like a California, Southern California type of vibe to it for sure (laughs) (laughs) all right so we didn't have any farm stories this week but we did get a couple of questions and one of them came in through a voicemail so i'll go ahead and play that hey ladies it's vanessa from six paws farm and animal sanctuary um i'm calling with kind of a question but also just something fun to consider for the summertime. Um, We're in the process. We're still in some cooler temperatures um, here in the eastern panhandle of West Virginia. But um, this with summer coming on, what are some great ways that you guys, but also any of the listeners, what are some great ways that you help keep your animals cool during the heat of the summer? Um, For example, we like to feed our chickens um, ice cubes with uh, canned corn or peas or whatever in it, so that way they can peck at the ice cubes, and it helps kind of keep them cool as a cool little treat when it's really, really hot out. 
Um, and for our pig, of course, lots of cold well water that uh, that we pump into her wallow. Uh, but yeah, I just want to hear what other ways people uh, uh, use, what tools and tricks they use to keep their animals cool in the heat and humidity of the summertime. Uh, thanks for everything you guys do. Loving listening to the podcast while I'm getting through all this uh, coronavirus, COVID-19 stuff uh, going on in the world. This is a, a, a great relaxing break from it all. Although all of your projects and to-do lists are making me realize I have a lot of projects and to-do lists. So um, uh, we'll get there one day. Uh, but anyway, thanks, ladies, and uh, can't wait for the next episode. Bye. All right. Good question. Yes, that was a great question. And I actually invented something for keeping the chickens and the goats cool. Yeah, it's a grublito. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Of course, it's drinking related. Yeah. So what it is, is it's like a like a little milk pail. And I fill it with water and ice, fresh water and ice. And then I stuff it with a bunch of fresh herbs, usually like mints and oregano and basil and anything else that I have that's like ready to go that I have too much of. And then I put a really hefty sprinkling of grublies on the top of it. And what it does is the chickens like all run over to it and you know, surround the bucket and then they, you know, dunk for grublies. So they're getting cold water and fresh herbs while they're getting all their grublies out. And they usually end up draining it. Like they'll, they'll knock it over eventually, but (laughs) they get all the herbs and stuff out. And I just realized I could totally just turn the duck pool into a giant grublito for them one day. And I'm totally going to do it now. (laughs) (laughs) And the goats will get in on the grublito action too. Heck yeah. So um, a couple of things that we like to do around here, Um, we have a pretty big barn um, and we have windows on both the east and the west side of the goat enclosure. So what we do is we take the barn windows out during the summer and put big box fans in the window frames and like hang them um, to create a cross breeze and it does make it a lot cooler in there. Um, It also helps that the ground is cement in there too so it tends to be cooler um throughout the whole barn uh so that's one of the main ways that we keep everybody cool hamlet also has his own fan because he's just inside the barn right now um eventually i do plan to move him outside and is in where the ducks live now but i have to you know convince my husband to build the duck house first before that I need the next goose house so it's like it's a process and I don't push because he insists on doing a lot of that himself so (laughs) I let him you know self-pace since I don't really have to ask too many times um but that's long-term plan for him and when once he's out there he'll have his own pools and stuff um so that's we're big on that so um obviously that has makes a little uptick in our uh, electric bill in the summer, but to me, it's worth it to keep everybody cool. Um, we also put a fan in our larger chicken coop as well to keep the hot air out, like push it out. Um, and yeah, we're a big fan of like pools with ice cubes and sunflower seeds for the chickens to go peck at. No, we're not as bougie over here, um, with all the mint, but (laughs) when I did grow mint, they would eat a lot of that too. So yeah, I think um, those are the main ways that we handle the heat. 
Yeah, those are all good things. I love the box fan idea. I wish I could take the windows out of my barn now. My barn gets super hot, but we actually have like a big giant industrial size fan in yeah. there. It's a electric one. So we have to like turn it on. But yeah, mm-hmm. the temperature is definitely getting hot. And now that I have a goat that's going to be giving birth in that barn, I'll be mm-hmm. turning that fan on to circulate some air before she goes in there. And yeah. When is she due again? The first one? She's due July 30th. So I guess I'd better get my like baby goat birthing kit ready. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be here before you know it. I know. So I need to like do it now before I'm like scrambling. (laughs) (laughs) We also received a Facebook message from Amanda um, and she asked us a couple of questions. Uh, She says, first of all, I love the podcast. Thank you. Um, thanks for all your hard work to put it together. There are a couple of topics I'm interested in hearing your take on and thought I passed them along. Goat fencing. What is okay or not okay? Our property used to have cattle, so it has quite a bit of barbed wire, which I heard is a no-no, but I could read conflicting info online as always. The second thing is how to organize your property. Um, she's making decisions on where to move the chickens and where the goats should go and all that fun stuff. Um, so what kind of things did we think through planning our property? Um, she says, thanks again for the awesome podcast. So I guess we could, uh, tackle the goat fencing one first, but I think that kind of feeds into the second question too, (laughs) because putting in a fence is a long-term commitment if you're going to do it the right way. (laughs) Yes. Yes, it is. I mean, unless you're like, so I have like that big giant pasture. So I just keep Mm -hmm. like putting up new stretches of fence whenever I find that I need more or less or different. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it hasn't been too big of a deal to like shuffle things around when I need to around here. Um, But that first like sectioning off that first section was the hardest part for sure. (laughs) Yeah, it's no joke. Um, Typically for goat fencing, you want no bigger than a four by four fence um, and you want high tensile woven wire. Um, That's going to last the longest. I will say our smaller section that we started with was just welded wire, which works. Um, But the way we did it was we had we did all wood posts for that, um, put it up and then also have like top boards and bottom boards to like sandwich it in to provide a little more support support when the goats lean on it. Um, welded wire isn't as sturdy as that sheep and goat fence that you might find that's much more expensive, <laughs> uh, much heavier to deal with, but you're gonna, it's more of an investment. Um, Four by four, I will say that a goat kid's head can go through it and they might get a little stuck. I'm I'm experiencing that right now with our nine-week-old goat. Um, but she can get her head out. You just have to approach her and then she kind of freaks out a little bit because she's like, ah, don't touch me. <laughs> she's back. like, she's a little brat. Um, she pops out. Um, so if you want to do like a two by four, like a welded wire, there is no climb horse fence that you can get. But that is also pretty expensive. I would say more expensive than the 4x4. Four four. As the holes get smaller, it gets more expensive, I've, I've found. Um, and uh, anything beyond 4x4, four four, you run the risk of them, like, pushing their way through it. So you just kind of got to, yeah. like, balance out the risks there. Um, also think in terms long term, like, do you want something other than goats? 
Because if you want horses, maybe you want to do that two by four no climb horse fence. Do you want emus someday? Well, then you want a six foot fence. Whereas with goats, you can do four feet. So you want to <laughs> yeah. think in terms of long term. Like, do you want a magical alpaca someday? They can totally do the four foot fence and you'll be fine. So you want to think about that long term too, because stretching a fence is rewarding, but it is not my favorite activity. I have stretched zero fence in 2020. Knock on wood. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we used four by two welded wire was what we ended up going mm. Mm-hmm. with and I can't remember why we went with that um and in fact I always I have spare rolls of it hanging around here all the time because I actually use that stuff for everything <laughs> like a yeah. tree needs a, a tree needs a cage four by two welded wire I need a new compost bin four by two welded wire like this stuff yeah. is just useful for freaking everything and it wasn't yeah. too expensive I can't remember if I got the no climb horse fence I'll have to take a look at the label um, but it's about a hundred bucks or 80 bucks for a hundred feet. Mm-hmm. And, um, I usually buy the four foot tall. Sometimes I buy five foot. It depends on what I can find. I think my last several ones have been five foot cause that's all I could find. Um, cause the four foot, I guess was out of stock for a really long time right. and I just haven't gotten any in. And now that I've started with five foot, I just keep having to buy five foot because if I'm going to add on to something, I'm going to make it the same height. <laughs> and a five foot fence is so tall for goats, uh, but they totally stretch it out. Um, mm-hmm. I can see where they've like, you know, kind of like warped the fence from rubbing on it, mm-hmm. but I put it so that the um, T posts are on this opposite side of what they rub. Yes. So they won't like, that Pop helps through a it. ton. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but it's kind of funny because <laughs> the donkeys are on like the other side of it. <laughs> and you would think that they would be the troublesome ones on the fence. But no, yeah. it's the goats. The goats like to rub on it. So yeah, certain goats are naughtier than others. That's just in general, like some animals are going to respect the fence no matter what kind of fence it is. And some will not. Yeah. So. And goats are tricky, too, because you got to think about like the gate and how the gate fits because those things are like little Houdinis. Mm -hmm. So they'll like escape. And in fact, like I have to go and build a frame around one of our gates before we have goat kids in there because the kids can totally just like (laughs) walk right through it. I'm positive. Um, Yeah. It's, it's insane. And you know, as far as setting stuff up, I think I've changed my mind about stuff like a lot because sometimes you just don't know how it's all going to fit together until you've started which is kind of the crappy part because like you're putting a lot of effort and money into everything that you do so then like you know you build this thing and it's like um like I totally messed up on where we placed the cutest coops my dogs can get to it (laughs) I like wasn't even paying attention to where their invisible fence line was and they just like camp out outside the front door of it all the time um but so far they've left the chickens alone so it hasn't been a big deal so knock on wood Mm -hmm. I have good dogs that are leaving them alone but like if they weren't that would have been a total disaster and I would have had to move that coop (laughs) I know when when I was in there painting and the dogs ran up and like camped outside the front door while I was painting I was like ah shit I'm gonna have to move this thing (laughs) but then Jared's like nah let's leave it they're older now let's see how they do if I get a puppy though I'm probably gonna have to rethink that but 
Yeah. I'll probably just end up rerunning the electric fence actually for the dogs or their invisible fence. That's what it is. I'll probably just move it forward a few feet and then that'll take care of that. But yeah, I'm constantly moving things. I'm constantly changing my mind. I'm constantly realizing something I did didn't work, which is this part of it. Yeah. Yeah. And at the beginning or during that keeping cool question that we had, um, I mentioned that, you know, you know, we're going to move the gooses to the gooses, the geese to a different house. And then we're going to move a ducks into a different house so I can put Hamlet in the current duck house. So he has more space. Um, so we're, we're literally doing like duck, duck, goose with spaces over here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and it's just kind of like the evolution of things. Like when we first started here, we had, the current duck house was the only chicken house. And then the, the Cluckingham Palace where they live now was totally a murder shed. Still kind of looks like a murder shed that had like a bunch of crap in it that I had to clean out. So it's just kind of like whatever tools you have at the farm, the time that you start, you're going to, you're th- like Bob said, you're going to change your mind. So don't put too much pressure on, I have to do this right the first time. You do want to slow down and think about more permanent decisions like fencing or if you're going to put a barn up or um, a lean-to or anything like that, like you're really going to want to think it out. Um, but I would say just slow down, breathe, think about things that need to be permanent or things that could be a little more fluid over time, and then just pray you get it right. Because <laughs> that's about as good as you can do. <laughs> and then drink it, drink an adult beverage afterwards and it'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> and, you know, one of the things that we did to kind of take the pressure off of how permanent some decisions are is uh, our goat shed and our donkey barn are both movable. They're both on skids mm. mm-hmm. and they have like all of the hardware attached to them for us to pull them with our mule. So we move the goat one all the time because the goats, they are so disgusting. I have to move their house so that they're not, you know, like sleeping in their own poop all the time. Uh, right. And the donkeys, though, they're actually very clean. So I haven't had to move theirs, but I do muck it out every now and then. Like I go in there with a rake break everything out onto a tarp and then I just sprinkle some lime and they're all fresh and clean but the goats it's not like that for the goats the goats are much messier (laughs) so I'm really glad that I have things on skids but what's cool about that is if I decide I want to build a different pasture and move the donkeys like somewhere totally different I just drive their house across the yard and then Mm -hmm. put the fence up and that's so much easier than building another donkey shed because that took months (laughs) So yeah, I guess, you know, our advice is do your research, think long-term goals for both of those things, and then just do it because it's got to get done. And, and I mean, seasons change super fast where we are. So I might, you know, be a little tired and the heat and all that stuff, but the time is now for a lot of these projects. So if you have goals to get certain things done before the snow flies, if there's snow where you're at. Sometimes you just got to pull the Band-Aid off and do it. Yep. Talk to other people in your area, too. See what they do. Look around. Watch lots of farm tours on Instagram and Facebook. Lots of people posted some farm tours, like, in our group and stuff. Mm It's another place to get ideas. Chat with friends. I mean, yeah, there's all sorts of options out there for you. They're literally endless. (laughs) Which is probably why you're you're asking, because exactly. endless. So I don't know how much we helped, but if you have a question, a farm story, or can't even, feel free to send those to us via email at drinkandfarm at gmail.com. 
uh, via social media, or you can call us at 401-426-37 or 3276 or 401-426-FARM. That will be listed in the show notes as well as on our website if that's um, easier for you to get to. If you're driving and can't write that down, please don't write it down while you're driving. Um, You can call and leave us a voicemail. Um, or you can even text us at that number. We're not going to pick up. We're not going to respond. So don't worry about that sort of thing. We truly do enjoy what you guys send us. So don't be shy and send away. Yes. And be sure and hit the subscribe button and download the episode when you listen, because that helps more people like you find the podcast. And please leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts to possibly be entered into a monthly drawing. And make sure you take a look at the show notes for links to our social media, merch shop, and uh, some of the things that we talked about in this episode. So that's it, guys. Enjoy the holiday weekend here in America, 4th of July. Hashtag America. Hashtag (laughs) birthday. (laughs) (laughs) And thanks for listening. And until next time. Drink. Farm. And give zero clucks. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. We drink things. We farm things. We drink and farm things. We are so excited that Grubbly Farms now offers Grubbly Layer Feed. It is the world's first naturally balanced feed that is made from farm-grown insect protein and plant-based ingredients. This means no soy, no fillers, no fish ingredients at all. Grubbly Layer Feed is a healthy mix of grub and plant-based protein, essential amino acids, vitamins, and minerals. This empowers you to feed your flock the way nature intended, and your feathered family will be strong, healthy, and happy. And that includes ducks. Their feed is perfect for ducks, too. So head over to grublyfarms.com and use code FARM15 to get 15% off your first order.